Amen. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. Thank you for joining me again for Rev Kev and the Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. We want to deal with the source of of human behavior and not just the behavior itself, because everything starts somewhere, especially action. Uh, so let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that is able to transform men, women, boys and girls, Lord, from the inside out. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that we are not bound to just try in our own strength to adhere to a set of rules or regulations. But Lord, you have laid your laws down, Father, and you said in the last days that you would write your word upon our hearts, Lord, and that you would put a new spirit within us, a new heart and a new spirit that we might obey your commandments. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Lord, which does not mean that you did away with your laws, but Lord, you did away with our inability to keep your laws. Because Lord, even Yeshua, Jesus, when he was on the face of the earth, he said that he had not come to destroy the law or the prophets, the old or new testament, the former or latter covenant or testament. But he came to fulfill them, Lord. Lord, I thank you. Help us not to just try to keep the letter of the law, but to realize, Lord, the spirit that is behind that letter, the intent that is behind that letter. And Lord, I pray, Father, that we would be such a people that your intentions would be in us, Lord, that we would operate by different principles than those that don't know you, than those that have not been regenerated. Lord, I pray for those that are dealing with COVID-19, Father. I pray for those that are sick and that are in the hospital. I pray that you would raise them up, Lord, that you would, Father, heal their bodies. And Lord, for your glory and for your honor, for a testimony unto your power, that you would raise them up, Lord. And let them know, Lord, it wasn't just the doctors who did it, but Lord, you're the one who teach the doctors how to be doctors. You're the one who give them the strength the breath, the life to even be here in existence and to do the things that they do, that comes from you. Because without you, their heart wouldn't even beat, their mind wouldn't work, their eyes wouldn't work, their hands wouldn't work. Lord, in you, we live and move and have our being. So we understand that all things are of you, from you and to you. So Father, I just ask that you would be with them, Lord, those that have lost loved ones due to COVID-19. Father, I pray that you would comfort their hearts, Lord God, as no one else can. Because, Lord, many times we 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 sympathize and we empathize and we, we wish that we could say things that would help them through this difficult loss. But, Father, only you can reach down in the inter-recesses of their hearts. And, Lord, only you, only you, Jesus, can comfort them in such a way that uh, goes past all understanding. So, Lord, we just ask that you would be with them. Father, I pray for those that are dealing with difficult situations in their lives that don't have answers. I pray that they realize, Lord, that you're not a, a, a static God, but you're a dynamic God. That, Father, your word, your Bible, the words that you've given us in 66 books that are in, uh, uh, compiled into one book, Lord. Uh, uh, Father, you have given us everything that we need, Lord, in those 
books, Lord, if we would just study and allow the spirit to give us the insight and understanding into your word, because, Lord, even Peter said that you've given us all things that pertain unto life and unto godliness. So, Father, I pray that you would be with them, Lord. We bind the spirit of suicide. Father, we know that people are under pressure, but that's not the answer. And, Lord, there is a brighter day coming, Lord, just as the rain comes and storms come, but then the sun comes again, Lord. So we just have to, Lord, hold on to you and allow you to, to lead us through the storms of life and the difficulties of life. Lord, we have to depend upon you and know, Father, that we're our life is not governed by luck. Our life is not governed by happenstance. Our life is not governed by some undefined universe. But Lord, our lives are, are governed by you. Lord, David said, you hold my soul in life. Lord, uh, my times are in your hands. So Father, help everyone that is dealing with uh, depression, oppression, possession or whatever else they may be dealing with in their lives to know that lord you're the one that will bring them through each and every situation in jesus name we pray amen amen so thank you for joining me again for rev kev and the root we have been talking about uh the uh realms uh, and the trichotomy of mankind talking about our senses and exercising our senses and not being governed by our natural senses, uh, which, you know, are our five senses, um, but to be governed by our spiritual senses, because just as there are natural senses, there is also spiritual senses. Paul says in the Bible that first the natural, then the spiritual and so uh, to be governed by our natural senses is how a unregenerated person would live. And to be governed by our spiritual senses is how a regenerated person would live. One that have been regenerated, one that has been born again. So let's begin uh, with our scripture um, and really... This is the scripture where the Holy Spirit began this uh, uh, series of talking about uh, spiritual senses. Uh, he began this and he gave me this scripture in Hebrews. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse number 11. And it says, of whom... We have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He is a babe. Verse 14 says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen. We've talked about this scripture before. Uh, if you listen to previous podcasts prior to this one, 
you will find out what that scripture is really talking about. And we went through it verse by verse and began to uh, go through it word by word and break the, those things down that are written there. Um, but as I stated, we have been talking about um, talking about realms and what we mean is the spiritual realm, the natural realm. And when I say trichotomy, of course, I've explained before that man is a trichotomy. Paul said that your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. Uh, and he also said that your whole spirit, soul and body uh, be sanctified. And so there is a trichotomy. Man is both body, soul and spirit. And so we have been talking about those things, but I just want to back up uh, a little bit and read at the beginning of Hebrews to just give you some context of the book of Hebrews, which is where our found foundational verse comes from. Hebrews chapter one uh, says, uh, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manner spake unto spake in time past, excuse me, unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness, speaking of Yeshua, Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the exact and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the power of his by the word of his power, excuse me, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said at any time, said he at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be a father to him or to him a father and he shall be to me a son and again when he bringeth in the uh, first begotten into the world Jesus he saith and let all the angels of God worship him and of the angels he saith who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers uh, a flame of fire he said but unto the son he said thy throne O God is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning, hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. Talking about the heavens and the earth. And as a vesture, thou uh, shalt thou fold them up as clothing, like you fold your clothes. God's going to fold up the heavens and the earth and they shall be changed. But thou art the same and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all uh, ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. And so God is is uh, laying a foundation. And some people may say, well, how is it that you're uh, going back to 
the what some people call the Old Testament or the former covenant and teaching these things as if they're applicable applicable for today because they are applicable for today. He just said that he uh, that all of things around or physical things change, but in the spirit realm, things stay the same. God himself stays the same. And so the same plans that God had in the beginning, he has now the same aims and intentions that God had in the beginning he has now. And so it is uh, uh, incumbent uh, or imperative that we fall in line with God. And we have been looking at um, Joseph and how he went down to Egypt. First of all, that his brethren in last podcast that we did, his brethren got jealous of him because he had his father had made him a coat of many colors. And because he had a dream and in his dream, you know, the, the stars uh, uh, bowed down to and the stars and the moon bowed down to him. And of course, that was symbolic of Joseph's parents and also his brothers. And then he had another dream to where they were out binding sheaves, he and his brothers, uh, bundles of wheat, and and all of the sheaves bowed down to his sheaf. And so they hated Joseph because of his dreams and because of the fact that his father loved him more than he loved all of his children. And because of the fact that his father made him a coat of many colors. And so Joseph's brethren uh, came up with a plan, with a plot that they would take Joseph and kill him. But two of his brothers spoke up for him. And they, the youngest brother, they had the same mother and father, he and Benjamin, uh, Benjamin, and he spoke up for him. But the brothers were intent on doing what they did because they were fleshly creatures. And <clears throat> let me say this, just because God has blessed our lives and because we in, uh, because our intentions are right, uh, and because we uh, uh, follow God and his hand is upon our life does not mean that people will have the same intentions towards us that we have towards them. You know, there there are times when people will become envious of, of us or jealous of us or jealous of you, uh, whoever is listening. And, and you're trying to do the right thing in your life and you're trying to follow God to the best of your ability. It does not mean all the time that everyone is going to feel towards you like God does, like the father does. And this is indicative of Joseph and his brothers because the father loved Joseph, but his brothers did not uh, some of his brothers rather did not particularly care for Joseph. Matter of fact, they hated him, the Bible said, because of the, his coat of many colors and because of the dream. Now, we have been talking about uh, uh, realms and, and trichotomy of mankind, spiritual senses and their exercise. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we were going to begin our journey with the children of Israel. But the Holy Spirit arrested my attention and said, no, you need to back up. And take a look at who are the Egyptians, who are the children of Israel, and how did Israel get down into Egypt? Well, of course, Joseph was sold down into Egypt by his brothers. Now, the children of Egypt 
uh, or the Egyptians were the children of uh, uh, Ham, which was Noah's middle son, Ham, and that was his descendants. And so the children of Israel were the children of Shem, the oldest child of Noah. Those were his children. And so you're looking at two brothers' children. Now, out of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the whole earth, the Bible says, after the flood was overspread. So all the people that were that are on the face of the earth today came from one of these brothers, either Shem, Ham, or Japheth. Because ultimately, we all came from one man, Paul said, and that one man is Adam. From one blood, God made all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. But we know that man would not do right. Man would not fall in line with the commandments of God. And so, you know, even today, man is trying to solve their problems and find out why things are the way they are. The answer is quite simple because we do not follow God because we do not. And, and, and I'm not I say we do not, but I don't mean everybody. I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush. But by and large, the people who are in power, so to speak, are following their own agendas in the White House, in Congress. They're following their own agendas and so therefore, God allows us because he gave us a free will. He allows us to go round and round and round and round. And later on, we're going to see this with the children of Israel or with the children of Jacob. They're called the children of Israel because their uh, forefather was named Jacob. And Jacob is the son of Isaac. And Isaac was the son of Abram, later called Abraham. And so um, these people wound up going around and around and around and around. And basically because they, they were stiff necked, God said, they were stubborn and they followed their own will and they followed the, those natural uh, senses. And so how did Israel, the children of Jacob, wind up down in Egypt? Chapter 45. After now, during this time in chapter 45, there was a, a famine in the land of Canaan and Jacob heard that there was food and wheat and things down in Egypt, which Egypt is in the northern part of Africa. It is a part of Africa, the continent of Africa. So Jacob heard that there was wheat down there. And so uh you know, he, he said, he, he told his sons, he said, why do y'all look at one another? Go down to Egypt and buy for us uh, some wheat, some food. And so years had passed since the children of uh, Jacob, the sons of Jacob had sold Joseph, their brother, down into Egypt. Years had passed. And, and so in verse 45, uh, we pick up where they have been to Egypt a few times to buy uh, food so that they could survive the famine. Uh, and Joseph, they didn't realize that the one that they were talking to was the same one, their same brother that they had sold down into Egypt by the hand of some Ishmaelites, which Ishmael uh, was a son of Abraham through the Egyptian handmaid of his wife, Sarai or Sarah, 
uh, uh, her name was Hagar. Okay, so in verse in chapter 45, it says, then Joseph could not refrain himself because of uh, I'm sorry. Then Joseph could not refrain himself because before all of them that stood by him and he cried and he said, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians and the house of uh, Pharaoh, as we say in English, Pharaoh and uh, uh, Hebrew is Paro. The house of Pharaoh or Paro heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. He finally reveals himself to them. Uh, Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. They didn't know what to make of Joseph. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Joseph was not trying to rub this in their face, as you will see pretty soon. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Now, let me say this. In a lot of situations in life, it is hard for us to see God in that situation when that situation is negative or when that situation uh, uh, is not a uh, a good situation or a good thing that happened because a lot of times we equate God with good and good things. But uh, the Bible uh, says that he causes all things to work together for good. Not that all things are good, but he causes all things to work together for good to them that love God, to those that are the called according to his purpose. And let me tell you this, that God, even as he says in the book of Jeremiah, that he will watch over his word to perform it. Now, I didn't plan on going this way, but let me use this for an example. OK, uh, uh, Jesus was sent to earth in the, in human uh, form. God's son, who is equal with God, was sent to earth to be a savior or the Savior, the only Savior, the Bible said there is no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved but at the name of Jesus. And so here, here is Jesus, and uh, Herod was, was looking for him to kill him. But then the angel of the Lord told um, Joseph not to go back that way, but to go another way. And all of Jesus's life, God was there, especially his adolescent life. He was there uh, protecting his what he had invested in the earth. He was there watching over his word to perform it. Even as Joseph, as a young man, his brothers took him. They hated him. 
uh, you know, they wanted to kill him, but God had a plan for Joseph. And so God caused Benjamin to speak up. And one of his other brothers, uh, the name slips me right now, caused him to speak up. But anyway, he was sold down into Egypt. But God's hand was on him in Egypt. God did not allow anything to happen to Joseph. God was watching over his word to perform it. Even in the prison, Joseph was promoted in the prison. When Potiphar's wife falsely accused him and he was put in jail, an innocent man put in jail for something he didn't do. God was there watching over Joseph to make sure that uh, uh, his plan came to fruition. And so Joseph is telling his brothers, don't be grieved with yourselves because you may have thought that it was you that sent me down here, but into Egypt. But actually, it was God who sent me. He says now in verse five of chapter 45 of Genesis. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither for God did send me before you to preserve life. And so God was involved in the situation. Some people, was, if we just look at that situation without uh, knowing all the context or knowing these verses, we would say, well, that was wrong what Joseph's brother uh, did to him. That 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 was that was that that was a, 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 a that was just terrible what his brothers did to him. And we would want to get even with the brothers and and uh and wish harm upon them or whatever but it was not them it was god joseph said and now his brothers were acting in the flesh in the soulish realm now how do i know that they were acting in the flesh because in the book of galatians one of the works of the flesh the bible says is what to be envious that is one of the works of the flesh because he, he says here, Paul says in uh, Galatians chapter five, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, uh, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling and such the like. So they manifested two things. Joseph's brother. They were envious of him. That's Ephesians. I'm sorry. Galatians chapter five, verse 21. And they also wanted to do what they wanted to kill Joseph. That's Galatians 5, 21. Uh, uh, and it also says the same thing uh, in one of the earlier verses uh, that we read in Galatians. And so they, they were manifesting the works of the flesh. But yet Joseph was manifesting uh, the 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 uh, the ver the works of the spirit, and so Joseph exemplified more Christianity than what some Christians exemplify today. And that's not to bash anybody; it's just the truth. All right, uh, let's carry on. Genesis chapter five, verse six. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, Joseph says, and yet there are five years. Because there were 14 altogether. There were seven years. Uh, Pharaoh had a dream. It was seven lean cows, seven fat cows. So it was seven years of, of, of famine and then seven years of plenty. He says, and yet there are five years in the which there shall be uh, uh, earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you in verse seven to preserve you a posterity 
in the earth and to serve uh, or to preserve and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Verse eight. Excuse me. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. Joseph is able to see beneath all of these circumstances and situations and see God. And so that's what I'm talking about. Those spiritual senses. He had a spiritual sense. He had an intuition, spiritual intuition and spiritual. Uh, 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 he was spiritually able to see. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Verse nine says, haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son, Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flock and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee for yet there are five years of famine, lest Thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Verse 12. And behold, your eyes see and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that ye have seen. And ye and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, say unto my brethren, uh, unto thy brethren, rather, this do ye laid your beast and go to get you unto the land of Canaan and take your father and your father and your households and come unto me and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now there. Excuse me. Now thou art commanded this do ye take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones. And for your wives and bring your father and come also regard not your stuff for the good of the land of Egypt is yours. Verse 21. And the children of Israel did so. And Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh and gave them provision for the way to all of them. He gave each man changes of raiment. But to Benjamin, he gave uh, 300 pieces of silver. And changes of raiment and to his father, he sent after this manner, 10 asses laden with the good things of Egypt and 10 she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father, by the way. So he sent his brethren away and they departed and said unto them, see that ye shall uh, see that ye fall out by the way. That ye not fall out by the way. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob, their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive and he is governor over the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is alive. I will go and see him before I die. 
Uh, this is how the children of Jacob or the children of Israel got down into Egypt because there was a famine in the land. They were in the land of Canaan with their father, uh, uh, the 11 uh, uh, fathers of those tribes of Israel. Uh, with their father in Canaan, Joseph was already down in Egypt because his brothers sold him down there. So there was a famine. So Jacob sent his sons down to Egypt to buy uh, corn and food so that they could uh, have food to eat. And so uh, and so they went down into Egypt. And so Joseph uh, said, go and get my father and, uh, and y'all come. And then Pharaoh agreed with it. He, he it pleased Pharaoh, the Bible says, for his family, for Jacob's family to come down to Egypt. So Jacob's family took all that they had and came down to Egypt because Joseph was down there. And Joseph said, I'm going to take care of you in the land of Goshen. Come down to Egypt and I'm going to make sure that you have plenty to eat and, and I'm going to nourish you. So in verse in chapter 46, rather. Verse one, and Israel took his journey, that's Jacob, uh, with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father, Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, Yaakov, Yaakov. And he said, here am I. He said, he nanny, here am I. And he said, I am God. I'm Elohim, uh, uh, the God of thy father. Fear not to, to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. Remember that. Uh, he said, I'm the father of your, uh, the God of your father, uh, uh, Isaac. And so that is very significant because not only are they going down into Egypt, but the prophecy of the Lord is going before them. They did not just go down on their own, but God said, I'm going down with you. But not only am I going down with you, I'm going to send my prophecy before you and that prophecy will be fulfilled. And so we have to realize that not only is God dealing with us, but God has dealt with our forefathers, with our grandfather, with our grandfather before him. And so what what did God what interaction that they have with God. We don't know that. As I mentioned in some other podcasts that um, that uh, a lot of people have died off and some people have been uh, adopted or whatever. So they really don't know. But God revealed himself to uh, Jacob and he tells him to not be afraid. He said, because I'm the God of your father. In other words, I've already promised some things to him and those things are going to come to pass in your life because you're connected to him and those blessings are going to pass down to you. And so now those blessings are passing down to Joseph and to his sons. Verse three of uh, Genesis 46 I'm trying to hurry along. And he said, uh, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not. Go down into Egypt, for I will be there uh, and make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt and I will also surely bring thee up again. He said, I'm going to go down with you. Then I'm going to bring you up again out of Egypt. And Joseph shall put his hands upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father and their little ones and their wives in the wagons, which Pharaoh or Paro had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, all of his offspring with him. 
uh, his sons and his son's sons with him, his daughters and his son's daughters. In, in other words, his daughter-in-laws and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. So now Jacob has left the land of Canaan and he's coming in to Egypt. God had already set things up for the transition to be made in his life. And so, as I said before, a lot of times God will uh, uh, in, uh, inconvenience us or allow us to be inconvenienced so that his plan and his purposes can come to pass so that his plan and his purposes can come to fruition. I'm sure that Jacob, I'm sorry that, well, Jacob missed his son, Joseph, and I'm sure Joseph missed his father, Jacob, many days. And there was so much that, uh, that they missed out on. And it was in the flesh, in the natural, it seemed like it was a very hard and terrible and, and depressing almost situation, but yet God was working something out. And Joseph, he allowed Joseph to be able to see what God, what he was really doing in his life. And let me say this right here, that the name Joseph, and many times, in, in the, especially in the Hebrew custom, they named their children based upon their character and who they were as far as their character is concerned. Just like with Jacob, Jacob's name meant supplanter or deceiver, one that catches by the heel, one that trips up. And so that's what Jacob's name meant. But he wrestled with God. God changed his name. But Joseph's name means he adds. This is what Joseph's name means. And it has to do with the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Uh, it has to do with the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Uh, also, I mean, in Joseph's life, we see great leadership skills. We see not only great leadership skills, but we see a great leader. Uh, his disposition, he, uh, and a disposition is a, is a person's inherent qualities of mind and character. Uh, 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 Joseph was governed by God and therefore he was able to govern. Joseph was forgiving. As a leader, you have to be forgiving. You can't live in your natural senses because people will do things to offend you and hurt you. But if we are trying to be a leader and I'm just addressing things that are here in the text. But if we're trying to be a leader and we're trying to govern, but yet we're still governed by our natural senses, then we will in most cases either uh, slow down the plan of God, abort the plan of God or, or hurt the plan of God in some way. Because Joseph now was in a position to get even with his brothers. If he was living in his natural senses, if he was governed by his natural senses, Joseph is in a place right now where he could have his brothers killed. But yet he was able to not walk in the natural. He was able to see beyond the natural into the spiritual. And that's where we have to be able to see as people of God. And that's where we have to be able to see as leaders of God, Mr. President, Ms. Mayor, uh, uh, Ms. Governor, Mr. Governor, uh, or whoever you may be, police chief. We have to be able to see beyond the natural and be able to see into the spirit. Joseph, after all his brothers did to him, Joseph was still able to walk in the flesh, in the spirit rather, and not in the flesh. 
even when Potiphar's wife grabbed him and said, lie with me. And we talked about that last podcast. That's talking about she wanted to sleep with Joseph. She wanted to do what married, people's, uh, uh, married people do with, uh, with someone that wasn't even a husband. Her husband was out of the house. And so she saw an opportunity to fulfill the lust of her flesh. But yet Joseph ran. He took off. Joseph ran. He said, no, I'm not going to be governed by my flesh. He said, in, in, how can I do this thing? Uh, uh, and also a true leader is self-sacrificing. Now, we're not talking about leadership, but that is what's in the text. That's what's there in the text. We're talking about our spiritual senses. But a true leader is self-sacrificing. Joseph gave of himself. He gave of his, his life to help to save somebody else. Joseph was a person of conviction. Conviction is a, uh, a subjective assessment that one's attitude about a specific issue or situation is associated with one's core moral beliefs and fundamental sense of right and wrong. Joseph said, how can I do this thing and sin against God and against my uh, against my master? And so some things that I think that are important before we end this podcast that we see before we go any further with the with going down into Egypt and going on the journey with the children of Israel uh, is that we must realize that uh, a situation is what it is, but it matters our point of view. And we also must remember that God is a spirit. So we can't look at it with our and look at situations in our life with our natural eyes because we will never be able to see what God is doing with our natural senses or hear what he's doing or anything else. Also, uh, the mental process, everybody processes things differently. We could go through the same situation. Moses said of the children of Israel, they were all under the cloud. They were all in, went through the Red Sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. And they all drank the same spiritual drink. But all of them responded differently to the situation because all of them was not were not in tune with God. And so as we finish up with chapter 46 of, uh, of Genesis, it says in, 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 uh, in verse seven, his sons and his son's sons with him, his daughters and his son's daughters and all his seed brought he with him. Jacob brought him brought with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, uh, Jacob's firstborn. Uh, also, and the son, uh, the son of Reuben, Hanak, and uh, Falu, and Hezron, and Carmi, and the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jekin, and Sohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanitish woman, and the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Marari, and the sons of Judah, Ur, and Onan, and Shelah, and Perez, and Zerah. But Ur and Onan died in the land of Canaan, and the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hemul, and the sons of Issachar, Tola and Fuva, and Job and Shemron, and the sons of Zebulun, Sered and Elan and Jalil. These be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Padan Aram with his daughter Dinah. All the souls of his house and his daughters were thirty and three. And the sons of Gad, Zaphion, and Haggai, uh, Shuni, 
and Esban, Ari, and Orodi, and Ereli, and the sons of Asher, Jamna, and Ishua, and Isui, and Beria, and Sarah, their sister, and the sons of Bera, uh, Heber, and Melchiel. These are the sons of Zilpah. Uh, whom Laban gave to Leah, his daughter, and these she bare unto Jacob, even sixteen souls, and the sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph and Benjamin. And unto uh, Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Asenath, the daughter of Pharaoh, uh, Potiphar, uh, Potipharah, rather, priest of On, bare unto him. And the sons of Benjamin were Bela and Bekur and Ashbel, Gerah, and Naaman, uh, Ehi, and Rosh, and Mopim, and Huppim, and Ard. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were fourteen. And the sons of Dan, Hushim, um, and the sons of Naphtali, Jazlil, and Guni, and Jezer, and Shalem. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel, his daughter, and she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's sons, wives, all the souls were three score and six. And the sons of Joseph, which were born uh, him in Egypt were two souls. So J Joseph's children were uh, Egyptian uh, by their mother. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten. And remember that Egypt was in the northern part of Africa. Egypt is a part of Africa. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen, and Joseph made ready his chariots and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell upon his neck. And, and wept on his neck a good while. So Joseph fell upon Jacob or Israel, his father's neck, and wept a great, a great while. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. And Joseph said unto his brethren and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan are come unto me. And the men are shepherds, for they trade um, hath been to feed cattle. Their trade has been to feed cattle. And they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call upon call you ye shall say what is your uh, and shall say what is your occupation that ye shall say thy servants trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now both we and also our fathers that uh ye may dwell in the land of goshen for every shepherd is an abomination unto the egyptians so jacob's family comes to him uh from Canaan and they came down into Egypt and that's how the children of Jacob got down into the land of Egypt 
In Exodus chapter one, it says, now these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. We just read that Reuben, Simeon, Levi and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. And all the souls that came out of Jacob's loins or out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls for Joseph was in Egypt already because his brothers sold him down there. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding uh, mighty. And the land was filled with them. Verse eight of Exodus chapter one says, now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we come on. Let us deal wisely with them lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, uh, Pithon and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service therein they made them serve uh, was with rigor. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives of which the names uh, uh, the one was Shifra and the name of the other was Pua and said and uh, and said when ye do uh, the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools if it be a son then ye shall kill him but if it be a daughter then ye shall let her live but the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them but save the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered uh, ere the midwives come in unto them or before the midwives can come unto them. Therefore, God uh, dealt well with the midwives and with the people multiplied uh, wax very mightily. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. Now, let me say this in my closing. Either we believe that our lives is governed by God, by his predetermined counsel, by his divine providence, or we believe that our life is governed by luck and by just circumstance and just by happenstance and all those kind of things. I'm not a believer in that. I am a firm believer that my life is governed by God. And two things that I see that God brings out in the word of God towards us, his children, and the only way to see God really is to uh, walk in the spirit and to allow the spirit to reveal these things to us. But I see God uh, governing our lives. He said that he caused all things to work together for our, for our good, according to his plan, his purpose. 
and I see that that God, uh, you know, is he's governing and leading the lives of those who went before the children of Israel, Abraham and Isaac and uh, how he he led them and 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 his divine providence was in their lives. Even in Joseph's life, you see that God's divine providence was there, that God was leading and guiding his life, even through uh, circumstances that that seemed like that they came straight from the devil. You know, God was using uh, those uh, circumstances and those situations. And God shows us this in his word through prophecy. That's one of the ways that God shows it to us is through the, the prophetic voice. And we read in the book of Hebrews that God spoke in, 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 in past times to our fathers through uh, the prophets. And, and then God caused those things to come to pass. And so as we continue on with, with the children of Jacob or the children of Israel, and, and now we're down in Egypt, we came out of uh, the land of Canaan because of a famine you know, and, and now, uh, now we're down in the land of Egypt and J Joseph has died off. His, his, uh, his brethren have died off, but now their offspring is down there in the land of Egypt. And all of them have different dispositions and different ways of processing things and looking at situations and all that kind of thing. But what we want to do as we continue our journey is to is to take our journey with our eyes. We're going to take this journey with all of our senses. But the main thing that we want to do now is to take this journey uh, with the children of Israel with our eyes, uh, even as in the word of God, uh, many passages of scripture talks about the eyes and Jesus said that yet he that has eyes to see let him see uh and and a lot of people have eyes but they're not still not able to see matter of fact in one passage of scripture Jesus said that they have closed their eyes and it matters because just because we get saved does not mean that all of a sudden that you know that uh that our, our sense of sight just falls in line, but, uh, with, uh, the will of God, but in even some of the ways that we look at things, uh, it, you know, it, it takes the Holy spirit to really make those things real that God is trying to show us because we're so used to looking at things a certain way when we weren't saved. And so now that we are saved and are regenerated, now we have to learn to look through different eyes, you know, as we go through life with God, because a situation may seem a certain way. But just because it looks a certain way does not mean that that is the way that it actually is. And a lot of the progress that we make in God will de will de uh, depend upon us. You know, God will take us through the journey. But if we make it through the journey really depends on you and I and our disposition and how we see things. And so this this is where where we are. Uh, 
And let me read this right quick in, in Titus 1.15. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They, they profess that they know God, but by their works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, be with your people. Be with me. Be with all of us, Father. Lord, help us as we journey with you, Lord. Help us to see right, Lord, to perceive right, to not process things the way we used to process them, but to process them through the eyes of faith. So, Father, we thank you right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next time, God bless you.